Hello and welcome into another episode of Farm to Fame. Two and a half weeks in to the major league season. Really hard to believe. Really happy to believe it though. I am Kelsey Wingert. We have Peter Moylan, who is the new manager of the Melbourne Aces. Oh, Peter right. Moylan. I, didn't, I forgot about Love that. that we didn't even mention that at all in any of our conversations leading up to this, Kelsey. So that's great that you sprung that on me. Wonderful. Thank you. Yes. I manager, am the manager of the Melbourne Aces. And we have Maddie that? Mass producing. And Maddie Mass, I know you are just as curious as I am about this. Peter, this was yeah. so exciting. It was it announced on Twitter. It blew up. What's going on with that? I know um, it's not going to affect us. Yes, it will, emotionally. But you'll still be, be doing the pod. Yes, I oh, will yeah. still be doing the pod. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, that was my is, dad's uh, first question. Was it? My dad immediately was like, how does this, what's going on? How does this affect? Is he going to, is he still going to do the well, podcast? I was like, yes. You can let your dad know that we have electricity and internet in Australia. So this will continue <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Melbourne Aces, two-time back-to-back champs last two years. So a little bit of pressure, but uh, I think I'm up for a pitching coach last year and graduated to manager this year. Are you going to be, I feel like you're going to be a uh, player's manager, like Snake. You'd think so. You'd hope so. I mean, if there's one thing that I've realized, it's that this game is not easy. And uh, as much as the further away from the game you get, the less you realize that, uh, I still understand how hard this game is. And from a player's perspective, I mean, Snip actually made some comments uh, to me during the week um, about knowing how hard the game is and making sure I never forget that. So I can't wait to be able to get in one-on-one with a few of these guys and, and pick their brains a little bit. But yeah, it's it's a new challenge. I've never managed, I've managed lower levels before, but never something like this. So learning, I've got some good support system behind me, so it'll be good. How many games do they have, will y'all have in a season? Depending on COVID, um, I would assume that it's going to be about 36 to 40 games. Um, oh, and it's, okay. we play, it's from usually from about the middle of November till early February. And we will play okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one game per day. Uh, and yeah, it's a little bit of a, hopefully New Zealand comes back in. New Zealand took a, uh, a year off last year and hopefully uh, Korea usually sends a team as well. So um, depending on the restrictions of, of COVID, uh, hopefully it'll be an eight team league. If not, it'll just be six like last year. And is it, is it similar? What, what is the traveling? Like how far are you traveling? I mean, you just mentioned two other countries. Are you, I, I guess you're not playing, playing just Australian teams. We do go to New Zealand. We don't go to Korea. Korea spends uh, as, has a team situated in one of the towns in Melbourne. Um, so that's a bit of a short road trip. But we'll go to Perth. We'll go to Queensland. We'll go to Sydney. So we travel all around the country. And most people don't know this, but Australia is actually a relatively similar size to the US. So it's a four and a half hour wow. flight from Melbourne to Perth. We're a, we're a pretty big country, just spread out all over the place. Do, do y'all fly charter like they do in MLB? <laughs> No, 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 we get to line up in security and, and uh, we, <gasps> we, 
we fly the morning of the games. We don't play until nighttime, but we usually <gasps> get the first flight out. It's like AAA. Kels, let me tell you, AAA baseball. Wow. If you don't know, it's it's the travel is the worst part. It's just five o'clock flights because you've got to get the first flight out and you cannot cannot miss your flight. Sometimes you arrive in the new city at two in the afternoon and you have to go straight to the hotel, yes. dump your stuff, and then just go straight to the field and get ready to play. So it's not that bad, but travel on regular commercial flights and we only go to perth one time so that four hour flight is only once okay. the rest of the time it's usually just hour or half hour flights or 45 minute flights so will you go out there in like october do y'all got do y'all have like a spring training situation we have because we get a lot of imports a lot of those guys are finishing up their season over here so yeah. they don't really need a spring because they're usually in pretty good form they may you know come over a couple of weeks early and, and work on bunt defenses and all the fundamental stuff. But yeah, it's it's mainly just get there a couple of weeks before and make sure everybody gels and has a good time and go out and play some baseball. And the, the thing is, it's it's for those guys, it's more of a development league, but it's also a league where the owners want to win. So it's not mm-hmm. like we're just here for the minor league clubs to send guys over and get work in. Uh, when Ronald Acuna Jr. came over to play, I mean, he, I think that's what really springboarded his career was that he had the chance to play on a team that was actually trying to win rather than just sort of get your reps in and get some development in. So I'm going to write that down as a claim. The Melbourne Aces <laughs> basically gave Ronald Acuna Jr. his career. So there we go. Yeah. Hot take. My boyfriend has a friend named Taylor and we just went to dinner with him and his girlfriend the other night and he plays, yeah. played last season in that same league. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at his baseball reference because I didn't know what team he played for. He played for Sydney. Um, yeah. But then he also plays indie ball. So it's okay. like, I mean, just like you're saying, he has the season in Australia and then like he just got traded to a team in New Jersey. So it's like, um, yeah, he can hang out with Matty Mass. So we will be learning a lot about Australian baseball and we are all Melbourne Aces fans now. So congratulations, Peter Moyland. We are very Thanks, happy guys. to be Peter Moyland. Thank you very much. Me too. I'm pumped. <laughs> very excited about that. Okay, so now we are going to dive into what was like the second and a half week of baseball. This was kind of a, I don't want to say a slower week for some of our guys, but some of our guys who we've been hype on did kind of slow down a little bit this week. But um, the one guy... Uh, Peter, who I know, I mean, I texted you whenever we saw that he was getting called up and you yeah. were so stinking excited. Mm. Sean Casmar Jr. with the Braves. Um, what a wild, wild story yeah. for him. An incredible, incredible story. A guy that had probably, in all honesty, given up on ever really thinking that he was going to get a chance to get back to the big leagues. It had only been 12 years, six months and 25 days since his last big league appearance. So that was in 2008. Like, let that sink in for just a second. I was still in high school. Right. He's been playing AAA baseball since. He leads the Gwinnett Braves, Gwinnett Strikers team in basically every offensive category. He makes everybody around him feel better. He's that guy that he's been the rock of that team for since 2013, he's been playing Gwinnett. So 
honestly, I think for him, it's just it's just what he loves to do. He loves the game so much. One of the quotes that he said was, you know, his coach back in the day said, as long as you have a uniform with a number on it, you're still a chance. But I think honestly, deep down in his head, this was just an opportunity for him to continue to play a game of baseball. I honestly think there's going to be a coaching role out of this for him with the Braves whenever he's ready to, to, to give it up. But the yeah. ironic thing is he just keeps getting better. Like his numbers, he had to have, he was on unemployment last year. So he wasn't even part of the hashtag alternate site. He had to go, he was at home. He was a dad and he was collecting unemployment because he didn't know whether he was going to be on that 50 man, 60 man squad. So he couldn't go and apply for a job. Yeah. So then when the squad was announced and he wasn't on there, he's like, oh, well, what am I going to do now? So he starts collecting unemployment. His wife's a school teacher. Like just, uh. I was just texting him this morning and he's, I'm just like, dude, like has it sunk in yet? And he said the biggest thing for him has been not so much like the, the, the at-bat was great. He had an at-bat in the fourth inning, rolled into a double play. Yeah. Didn't matter what he was going to do at that stage. It was just the fact that he was able to get back. His parents were there. Um, his grandparents were there. His wife got to make it. They both all got on red eyes and were able to get there. Funny story. Uh, they ran off to go get a blanket in the fourth inning because it was so cold in Chicago and they almost missed his at-bat because it was such an early at-bat. They made it back, so it was uh... fine. But, you know, just speaking to him this morning, he was like, look, the playing was amazing, but the response from people around the league and reporters and friends and former teammates and all the rest of it, he said that's what's really meant the most for him. Like it's just the outpouring of support from everyone has just been so massive. And he gets a sweet little off day in New York today. Yeah. Um, he said the COVID restriction stuff's been a little bit strange, not been able to sort of hug and, and, and kiss your family and sort of wave at him from a distance. But um, yeah, just the whole the whole story itself is just so 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 cool. There's no there's no. I mean, you know, you can try to spin it any way. It is just a cool story of a guy that never gave up. He is the all-time Gwinnett, which is Atlanta's AAA team um, mm. leader in games played and hits at bats and RBI. I have here one thousand six hundred and seventy career games. I don't know if that's all in Gwinnett. Is that? I don't think that's all in Gwinnett. Um, I think he's played 670 odd games for Gwinnett, which is six seasons. Like yeah. it's, and the other funny thing too, like so Brian Snicker was his manager for a couple of years in AAA while Snip was down there. He's now his manager. Snip talked about it being the greatest day of his managerial career, being able to make that phone call and say, hey, listen, after all this time, after everything you've been through, yeah. I'm going to welcome you back to the big leagues. Your former manager, Snit was like, we kept signing him back to be that clubhouse influence, which you don't hear a lot about in AAA, but that clubhouse influence for these younger guys. But he kept forcing his way onto the everyday lineup. So he kept mm -hmm. playing more and more and more and kept getting better and better and better. And just to the point where he's just become an everyday guy, plays eight positions, played everywhere except catcher. Yeah. Like he's just, he's just been the guy that has been the steady hand in Gwinnett for so long and, and everybody, every he's been in big leagues camp with these guys. He's been MVP of spring training the last three or four years in a row. Like he just keeps being, hasn't changed at all, which I think is the best part. He's just the most humble, lovely, entertaining, awesome guy. 
and I cannot be happy for the guy, happier for the guy. Well, so I guess my question is, is you, you just alluded to how he pretty much, he's played every position besides catcher. Bester only sent out a tweet breaking down um, the games played by position. So shortstop, he's played 837 games, second base, 558, first base, 124, third base, 98, has starts in left, right, pitcher. So I guess where I'm confused is, when you have a guy who's that versatile, that's becoming so important on these big league rosters, and he's obviously had success down there. Like, why do you think it's taken this long for him to get the call? I honestly just think it's a the way that the game is trending. He's never been on the hasn't been on the forty man roster for the longest time. He's always overlooked because he's an older guy. He's not a standout prospect. He's not a big name. They didn't spend a lot of money on him. So when it comes to making those decisions of who goes on the 40-man, it's so hard to get called up when you're not on the 40-man. And it's so hard to get on the 40-man in the first place unless you're one of these guys that goes to the Rule 5 draft and has a chance of some other team picking you up. Yeah. He has a chance to sign somewhere else every year. I think he's very comfortable. And this is part of the reason. I think he was so comfortable doing what he's doing. He was probably at that point, he's probably as a minor league free agent, he's probably making a pretty good salary. You know, and we're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we're talking enough to, to be able to live, especially yeah. working working six or seven months out of the year and then having the off season to be able to go home and spend with your family. There's not a lot of jobs where you can do that. So yeah. I think for him, it wasn't so much, oh, I'm doing this just so I can get back to the big leagues. He was doing it because it was a livable wage. And mm -hmm. for a guy that's done nothing but play baseball, he's not hes not a dummy. Like, he could go and get a job at any point. But if you had the choice between having to go to an office every single day and work or getting to go to a baseball field and do what you love, the choice is easy. So yeah. to get rewarded after all that, it just makes the story so much cooler. And it's... As I said, I'm, I'm sure he's been in the mind. Snitz probably tried to convince the front office and the previous front office a number of times that this is the guy we should call up. But yeah. unfortunately, you know, it just it doesn't work. The feel good stories aren't always what what you get to see. It's a, it's the but this is one that obviously we we all get to lap it up and and enjoy it for him. Yeah, there was a story by James Wagner in the New York Times about this, and so. He made his MLB debut on August 13th of 2008, and his last game was September 23rd, 2008. First of all, Acuna was only 10. Ronald <laughs> Acuna Jr. was 10 years old um, in 2008. But in this story by, by James Wagner, he was saying how those 30 days, that month that he did spend in the big league, like kept in the big leagues, kept him going, that they yeah. were like some of the best days of his life. So super great for him that he's mm -hmm. up. I really hope he's able to stick around for a bit, especially because your, your bravos are so banged up right now. Um, banged up, man. And Acuna to, yeah. got hurt on Sunday, last night. You got Pache yeah. on the IL freed on the IL Soroka. I don't know if he's still dealing with the shoulder thing. Smiley yeah, just went on the IL. Yeah. Um, Alves. Is he hurt? And he's hurting. That's why. That's why he got called up in the first place because Alves took it. He's he not on the IL. IL. No, but he's oh. like, he got. He took a couple of uh, two balls in back-to-back -back days off the off the calf, I think it was. And he's you know he, you know what Aussie plays like. He's not the kind yeah. of guy that's going to ease up and and you know he's out there balls to the wall diving trying to make plays and taking balls off the shin. And so he he needs a couple of days rest. But I mean, yeah, what's the what is the rotation for the Braves right now? It's um, last night. Uh, last night Wilson started. Uh, we've got Anderson. Uh, we've you know got um, Inoa, and we have 
Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright started the other day. So, again, last year we went through the same thing with having basically going from a five-man rotation with Hamels and all the rest of the guys in there. And then Soroka blew out. Hamels never pitched. And it was like they went from having five starters to one starter. Mm-hmm. It's happened again this year. Like, it's it's unbelievable that you, you can prepare like this and, and have it happen two years in a row where you effectively got two starters now, three starters now yeah. that you're I trying mean, to fight your way through. We've seen that. If it that wasn't for year. Noah, we'd be, that'd be in serious trouble. Like well, a, and he didn't even – his last start wasn't great. He, but he had not, that one really good start. Yeah, and he's supposed to be a spot starter, long reliever. Long reliever. Um, but yeah, he's 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 developing a, a, a third pitch so that he can try and become a starter. Um, okay. He's just got to get comfortable throwing it and getting to the point where he knows that he can throw it at any point. Um, but right now, he's very fastball slider heavy. Well, even with all those injuries, they won thirteen to four on Sunday night baseball. But the Cubs, man. Or I read a tweet. I can't remember who sent it out. The Cubs as a team are hitting 192. That's yeah. uh, tough. Um, yeah. So yeah, Braves are banged up. We'll uh, see how they how they fare. A guy that that we've talked a ton about is your men or your mean, Maddie Mercedes um, for the White Sox. Dude went into the week still hitting 500. At the end of the week, he's still hitting. 415 mm-hmm. how many they're eight and eight 16 games in playing right now versus the red Sox and andrew, andrew vaughn got a knock the other day by the way just while we touch on the, i know on the i saw Sox that group. it was a double wasn't it well it's down the right field line so let's hope that you know we we had a massive part of talking about him in our first episode i think it was yeah. so i'm really but i mean with mercedes the, the growth of mercedes it's kind of like how do you take him off the field? How do you how do you not play? If it wasn't for Mercedes, where would the White Sox be right now? I know. It's just, yeah. So Come out he, of nowhere. On um, Wednesday, he had another home. How many home runs did he have this week? He's got, uh, this week, I don't know, but he's got four total. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, man, I know we've mentioned it numerous times, but they lose Eloy. And, and the whole question was who's going to fill that void and, Everybody had their money on Andrew Vaughn, but uh, including us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think Andrew Vaughn's holding his holding his own and left whenever he gets chances out there. He but, did make a pretty sweet play the other day against against the fence. I'm not sure if you were able to see that, but yeah, that's going from the infield to the outfield. It's a less of an adjustment than it is trying to do it the other way. So I feel like as an athlete myself, uh, and uh, pitchers are athletes, Peter. I have shagged more fly balls than anyone <laughs> has ever thought about in their life. I know it's a tough transition. So that wall comes up quick, you know. Mariana Rivera didn't even know it was coming and he ended up losing the season out of it. So I also do these shows for fanatics. Um, and I have a show with Mariana Rivera coming up in a couple of weeks. I have um, CC Sabathia next week. And then I have Mariana Rivera in like two weeks. Look at Maddie and Mass. Maddie Mass just. We got. I need to pick y'all's brains. When we're in New York, when this episode is out, uh, Peter Moylan and I will be sitting in John Boy HQ. We're flying to New York tomorrow on Tuesday, going to the Braves-Yankees game. Um, where are we getting? Just while we're talking Yankees. Audio only, people. Peter has grabbed a baseball from his new set. Mick. The Mick. How can you read that? Because it's Mickey Mantle and everyone can read it. Oh, I'll just leave that over here. Sorry. I also did a did a deep dive into when Peter sent us a picture of his autograph collection. 
I was seeing how many I could read. Oh, that's kind of creepy, but cool. All right. Mass, <laughs> a little bored. He was how a many could bored. you read? Not many. Okay. <laughs> is, is, do you have P. Rose? I do. Is, yeah, that was one I could read. I forget the others, but. I got DiMaggio, Pete Rose. I got a few. Barry Bonds. What about, cool. who were players that you've played with that yeah. you have autographs from, that were that you wanted to get autographs from and that you have? I have them mainly, I get, I get pictures on balls, obviously, but I have a lot of bats. Um, I'm not going to show you this room because from everything you see on the camera, this room is absolutely flawless. <laughs> yeah. But I have a lot of bats over there that I've had players sign to me. And not so much, no, just teammates that I've enjoyed playing with. Yeah. Um, like Martin Prado. I have Martin Prado's bat right here. What so, a dude. That's a guy guy. Dude. Exactly. So all the guys that I've had a really good time playing with, I get them to sign. And, and it makes it personal too. So everything that I have, it's either, there's a couple of, uh, okay, so there's a, Couple of balls back here. One from Jason Worth that says, throw that shit over the top. <laughs> and another one from Chase Utley that says, you're an effing mess. Love Chase Utley. So um, on a lot of my bats, it talks about, you know, just my personality. It's, it's just fun. It's oh, just fun being, being able to go back and read because it's not just who, oh, thanks for God bless um, yeah. whoever. It's usually a personal message based on our relationship that I get to look back on and, and laugh at how how cool my life used to be. Love that. <laughs> love that. Your life is still cool. Those guys all still love you. So, um, yeah, your mean Mercedes still really good. Um, I know in the game that's going on right now, he's 0 for 2. So his, his batting average has plummeted to 400, which uh, – still puts him fourth in the league in batting average. Um, shall, we, shall we stay on the White Sox while we're, while we're here? Yeah, Michael Kopech, baby, Michael Kopech. Exactly where I was going to go, girl. First start, three innings, one run, one hit, one walk, four punch out. So for the season so far, he's got 10 innings, only three hits and 17 punch outs. This is a guy we keep talking about, but he was he was in their plans a few years ago, and, and uh, I think he's, he's really starting to come into his own. Could be a massive piece for them. I feel like, like, except for the Dodgers, it's the whole league is just wide open right now. Yeah. Like, it's just no one's really, no one's playing really good baseball. Uh, it's one game you win by 13, the next day you lose by 13. Like, there's no consistency with, I guess, the injuries early on, too. There seems to be a lot of injuries. Maybe I'm just more aware of it now. I mean, but... who's the team in the AL? Who has the best record in the AL right now? I couldn't even tell you. I know it's not the Yankees. That's Boston. Sure. Boston, and the, Boston and the Mariners, 10-6. Uh, yeah. Boston, Mariners, and Royals are leading <laughs> those divisions. Hey, you called that, Peter Moylan. You done called that, boy. Don't sleep on the hot takes. No, we love your hot takes. You just um, went straight Louisiana there, by the way. Well, yeah, it comes out sometimes. It does. That's good. <laughs> I was there a few weeks ago. I know what that sounds like. The Cajun and the Southern. Uh, Ew, Ew, that was it. That was it. So, uh, yeah, Kopech was a first-round draft pick by the Red Sox in 2014. But, um, like you said, five games this year, a 169 ERA. Uh so we'll have our eyes on him to see. I mean, I guess they're going to keep him in a starting role now. Um, yeah, I think they're just trying to build him up. Yeah. So oh, that, do, we, do we quickly hit on the uh, 
Carlos Rodon no-no real quick? Oh, yeah. On the White Sox? Talk, yeah, for sure. Go I on. I mean, anybody that didn't get Go to see on. it by now uh, took a perfect game into the ninth inning with one out and <sighs> decided through a back foot slider that literally hit the guy's back foot and he lost the perfect game. Um, still was able to get the no-no, was nasty all night. In the interviews after the game, talked about the only thing he's thinking about was that slider that hit the backboard on an 0-2 count as well. It was an 0-2 yeah. count. I saw something that was Zach Collins caught that game, who's like caught like numerous uh, no hitters, and right. uh, they were saying that that's the pitch that he wanted to throw, and that Collins, I guess, could have should he have done anything, or was that just gonna happen? Because they said he. Did exactly with the pitch what he wanted to do with the pitch. I think they were expecting Perez to move his feet out of the way because it was a back foot slider. They were maybe getting, like they say, move your feet as, as part of a, a pitching plan. you got to make him move their feet. Mm-hmm. I think just that's just what it was. It was just, just trying to be a really nasty 0-2 back foot slider. And instead of Perez moving his feet out of the way, he just kept his feet there and was a hit by pitch. So he could have probably got out of the way and, and we might be talking about a perfect game. But I don't know. In that situation, that's not like trying to lay down a bunt in the eighth inning of a, of a yeah. no-no where it's like unwritten rules or anything. It's just, I don't even know if if he would, given the opportunity again, whether he'd say, I'd probably try and get my feet out of the way and at least have an attempt at the next pitch. Um, yeah. But just, it's just, I mean, it's not unfortunate. The guy's still got a no-hitter. It was awesome. Um, but unfortunate that he lost it in, in the ninth inning the way he did. But it's not the first time it's happened too. There's been three or four uh, no-nos lost with a hit-by-pitch. Well, did Musgrove have a... Did he have a perfect game? Well. Uh, so. I mean, what a weird, uh, you have weird. Lance Lynn with the complete game shutout and then you have Joe Musgrove with the no-no and then you have Carlos with the no-no. Like there was just a bunch of things that happened. Um, have you ever been a part of a perfect game? Like been on a team that had a perfect game? Nope. I had no clue they were, I know that there, when there's a perfect game, you drop what you're doing and you right. turn it on. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. I think they said there's only been 24 perfect games yeah 23 and the last one was in 2012 which seems like forever ago yeah was that? that is forever ago king felix that is a long time ago okay. when was galaragas when was galaragas where they missed the ball at first place that must have been like 11 or 10 maybe so yeah it's, how many no hitters have you witnessed i've only ever seen one against us and it was abaldo jimenez for the colorado rockies against the atlanta braves i think that was in 2009 or 10 I remember uh, Fulte having a no-no. I think he had like two outs in the ninth. It might have been versus the White Sox. Newcomb did the same thing. I think Newcomb yeah. took a no-no into the ninth a couple of years ago. And, and uh, yeah, so. Wow, really? In your whole career, you don't think you've you've witnessed a no-no and no. on the team? Wow. Wild. So. Um, I have been a part of a Royals team that went 41 in the third consecutive smallest innings, though, if that means anything. No, that, that means everything. That means everything, Peter. Okay, good. good. Everything. I, I have a signed ball, too, just in case you want to. That's another what, what does that one say? 41 and a third with all the signatures of the guys in the bullpen. But That's the, pretty cool. The best part about that thing is it was uh, it was a bullpen that was put together with, like, a bunch of hand-me-downs. It was myself. <laughs> it was uh, Rangers GM Chris Young, uh, former Mets great Dylan G. Like, a bunch of, a bunch of us just getting out there and getting just it. trying to basically just keep our careers going. <laughs> and y'all did. What, 41 and a third? 41 and a third. Look that up. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Akil Badu for the Tigers. He he kind of Thursday over, Friday over, Saturday didn't play, Sunday over. Um, mm. So we had 
he had three consecutive um, over games and he's still hitting 263. Um, yeah. Started the week hitting 368, but so he hit a home run the first two games of the week, Monday and Tuesday or something. Yeah. He became the only player in Tigers history to have four home runs in his first eight games, but now he seems to be slowing down. So do you think that's because teams have a book, a, a little bit more of an idea of how to pitch to him? So it's the constant cat and mouse adjustment game that um, we will talk about more times than not on this podcast, but yeah, this is what happens. So I think it's advantage hitter early on yeah. before they get the video. And then it's, it's the pitchers making adjustments and going away from, I think you probably see a lot of fastballs early on, you know, that, they try and test you with fastballs to see if you can handle that. Yeah. He, may be, he may be getting a few more breaking balls now. He may be getting a few more, a less, because the secret's out. You can't just, you know, you can't just keep tricking people. Every game's, yeah. every game you got video on and, and, you know, they can see where they got you out and, and just, so it's this adjustment game that he's going to have to keep, keep fighting through for the next couple of weeks. But I mean, you can't, you can't take away from the start that he had and, and obviously he's not going to stay that hot. For, for weeks at a time, but um, the talent the talent is still there, and I still I'm excited to see what else he can do uh, well, once, he, once he adjusts. Remember that before the season he had never played above high A. Wild. Yeah. Wild. There's a few, there's a few of those. There's like that, that's yeah. no no minor league season last year. These guys developed. Yeah. So he's he's slowing down a little bit, um, but we'll continue to keep an eye on him because he took the league by storm he was hot in the streets for sure um so we'll keep our eye on him the guy where if you pay attention to those top performers every day that mlb pipeline puts out that was in it every single day Ooh. is our favorite my favorite player maybe y'all's favorite player jazzy fresh yes our king our swag king our drip king jazz chisholm jr he's hitting 325 going into monday right Go off, King. Listen. Yes, listening. This kid's good. All right. I didn't give him as much credit as I probably should have early on. You were you were excited. You picked it earlier than I did. But he's good. He's confident. Picked up a rivalry with Ron Lacuna Jr., which is someone that you. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, go to the top. Why not? Yeah. But I mean, he he. He models his swing off Ken Griffey Jr. Beautiful. I mean, if they're going to do Beautiful it with anyone, swing. he calls himself the kid. He calls himself Jay Nasty. He said, you see what the kid does. Now wait till you see what Jay Nasty does. Jay okay. Nasty, nickname, hashtag Jay Nasty. Into that, Jay Nasty but, King. I mean, the combination of power and speed and pure enjoyment, I think the Marlins have got to be pumped with what they're getting out of him right now. He has five home runs on the season so far. Does he really? Yeah. I thought he only had three. Oh, I'm lying. I'm lying. In his career, he has five home runs. Three okay. on the season, six RBI, hitting 325. You are so right, Peter Moore. But he's hitting, he's hitting balls. Like he's obviously three home runs. He doesn't look like the kind of guy that you're going to get yeah. a lot of power production out of. But he swings sweet and he hits balls off the wall oppo. Like it's it's not just pull power. It's, it's power to all fields and it's... He's playing good defense. He took took a hit away from Freddie Freeman the other day, mm-hmm. laying out, making a good play. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be a Marlins fan. I, and he's got the blue hair. Did I you mean, see that clip of um, him and Jesus Aguilar? Maybe Maddie Mash, you can 
edit it in there. But it's like Jesus Aguilar is having the post-game interview and Chisholm comes and tries to like photobomb it. You didn't see it? I didn't see it, but I look forward to watching it. It was so good. Yeah. Okay. But the, like the relationship he has with the guys so far. Um, right. So I'm probably doing more numbers than, than I should. But going into the week, he was hitting 217. So he had a great week um, mm-hmm. upping it to 325. So, yeah. and we were already talking about him when he was hitting 217 because he's been so good with the glove mm-hmm. and it feels like his hits are coming big hits either it's in a big moment or it's against Jacob deGrom so it's like something that you talk about Um, so and then there was the video oh it's so cool because in Miami you know they just haven't been good so like the games you don't have much of an environment at Marlins Park when it comes to the when it comes to the fan side of things but there's the video of the fans on the escalators screaming go Marlins and like it's back baby like Miami is excited about baseball again and Jazz Chisholm Jr is at the center of that. And he's going to be there for a long time. Yes, he is. Yep, he is. And I'm here for it. And I remember we talked about, I just didn't want him to get stifled. I didn't want him to sort of keep, keep, keep the safety on him, I guess you'd say. I just wanted him to be able to play the way he wants to play and be himself. And we're seeing that and seeing enjoyment and fun and, 10 years ago, he's probably going the right way. <laughs> he's perfect in Miami. So yeah. I love watching him play. And I considered him a friend of the pod because um, I think he responded to one of our tweets. Oh my God. So, yeah, friend, friend, of friend, of pod. Pod. friend of the pod. Tyler Stevenson for the Reds. Have a um, week. Yeah. Walk off on Saturday. It was a pinch hit in the 10th inning. Walk off single. Yeah. Um, to up his average to 364. He's been good over there for the yeah. Reds. Reds are good again. I mean, any team that has Joey Votto wearing a Marist High School football jersey in the middle of a press conference, I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's a team that isn't lacking in fun either. And Castellanos is going bananas over there. So um, that's a team that could be fun. But yeah, good mix of young guys and old guys. And that's, a, again, the central, who knows what's going to happen with the yeah. central. But it's just up for grabs right now. It is It is a whoever wants to grab a hold of it. And you know, we talked, and I know a lot of baseball podcasts talked about predictions for the year, but there's no one that could have predicted this. There's no one that's sitting there going, oh, this is exactly how I thought the season was going to go. Yeah. Well, Stevenson, so he had a, a little, he had a little sip last year, eight games in 2020, which is when he debuted. And last season, he hit 294. So the Reds fans were excited when he came back up. But you look at, you look at the awards that he won in the minor leagues. I mean, this is a, this is a guy, you know? Yeah. So, and then I did see that he had their last walk-off, which was in September of 2020. So two consecutive walk-offs for the Reds for Tyler Stevenson. Good for Tyler. Um, yeah. So we'll keep our eye on him. Zach McKinstry, who we've talked about, I think every episode um, for the Dodgers uh, okay. Like, I mean, you said this in the last episode, but when you think of the Dodgers, you're thinking of Mookie Betts, you're thinking right. of Belly, who's still hurt. You're thinking of Justin Turner, who's having a really good season so far, but also he face planted yesterday. Did you see that? I did see that. Jesus. <laughs> and, you see and then Trevor, Trevor Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But you're thinking of those guys and yeah. Zach McKinstry still hitting well above 300. Right. And he's doing it against, he's not doing it against nuffies. He's doing it against like, he took uh, Daniel Bard oppo during the week to, in a, like, I think yeah. it's a game time or a game to lead. And then he comes in and faces Drew Pomerantz in the San Diego series. And 
gets another knock and hits another double off, another tough. Like these are not just guys in a nine to one game. He's getting big hits in big situations in big series. Yeah. So he's just he's going off. He's going off. Maybe it's the pod. I don't know if it's yeah. all us. The juju, but the vibes. Maybe, maybe a lot of it has got to do with that. I'm not. I'm not going to say that we're the only reason, but we are a big part of why he's having success. Well, we'll touch on another guy with the Dodgers who had a good week, but I mean, Mookie Betts is back and he is back, back belly. I don't know what uh, he's been hurt for a while, but I, they just put Gavin Lux on the IL too. Uh, I'm just curious when belly comes back, how much playing time McKinstry is going to have, but he does have six starts at second, but the majority of his starts are in the outfield. So, but he's going to force his way. You want to talk about the Mookie Betts uh, catch? The walk-off catch? Yeah. Oh my Am I, am I alone and just hoping that ball drops because then we get a tie yeah, game? I was I found myself rooting for the Padres. What a, what a series, though. I, I mean, oh, beautiful. It was beautiful. I was rooting for the Padres to so the simple fact that I said they were going to win more games than the Dodgers this year when they face-to-face. So, yeah. And obviously, I played for the Dodgers. Former Dodger legend number 41, Pete Moylan. Um, <laughs> but, Retire uh, it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it... Uh, Great series, close games as you'd expect it to be. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a preview of what the playoffs can look like. And they said it. I know it's only 12 games into the season, but they were like, they had a playoff feel already, which yeah. in April, come on. Yeah. I guess when you haven't had players in front of fans for so long, I mean, having someone screaming and having some people get excited around you probably felt just like playoffs. And the Pudds didn't get to play in the playoffs last year, so they don't know what it's like to play in front of crowds. And now they do. I mean that catch by Mookie. I'm just I'm watching it again now. You're you're watching that ball in the air. The Padres were down two to nothing. They had did they have two on with two outs in the bottom of the ninth? Second and third with two outs. Tommy Pham hits a shot to the gap. Who's struggling? Would have tied it up. Would have tied it up. And that was a ten percent catch probability for Mookie. And he had two hands. Like he caught it in the palm and then kind of yeah. So it was it was. I mean, man. And he's not a, he he was playing out of position. He's their right fielder who was playing in center field. Like so yeah. to be able to get a read, which is it's not the same. People think, oh, it's just an outfield, but it's not. The ball, the ball reacts differently off the bat when you when it's coming to your center field, left field, or right field. It'll tail a certain way, or tail another. So just just the versatility and that's why you get paid the big bucks, Mickey, I guess. He was yeah. so hype. Like when players get hype like that after I got so hype, I was like, let's go. Because that's what he did when he stood up, slammed his chest. Speaking of, I can't say that drip. Um, did you happen to see his outfit when he got off the bus? Oh no, 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 no! White, white pants, outfit. black loafers, black silk shirt. I mean, I I sent it over to the mansplaining girls, and they were pretty excited. Oh, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. I'll send Man. it to you. It's it's impressive. Maybe imagine you'll have to get that up. He's just walking off the bus. He's just swagged out. His outfits are like, I mean, I'm, I just that. searched Mookie Betts outfits and I'm looking at a bunch of different pictures. He, I don't know if I consider it sauce or unique, but he's really good at baseball. That's for dang sure. And had a really good catch and won the game. Sauce? Sauce. Yes. Sauce, drip, swag. No. I'm so old. I'd say drip, and that's hard enough for me. So. Yeah, drip's good. You can use drip. Okay. Drip, drip. Okay, so we're going to go a little bit quicker through these guys. But okay. another White Sox guy, the White Sox have a lot of 
a lot of guys. Um, Nick Madrigal, Madrigal, Madrigal mm. for the White Sox. Big week. Second lead off. Second lead off. Yeah, about ninth today, but uh, triple today, as we recorded the pod. Yeah, one for two. So I guess that's the triple you're talking about. One run, hitting three thirteen. I just realized that something there's something written in this bat. You guys read that? Poop. I didn't write. I didn't write that. <laughs> poop fourteen. Panic poo. Poop pod. Martin Prado has poop on his bat. <laughs> very good very good so yeah good week for nick madrigal 29 games in 2020 so he played in about half of them yeah hit, hit think, 340 yeah. in 2020 yeah did he, play, did he play like he's only just come up is that he hasn't been around for a little while he's only just come up yeah he debuted in on july 31st of 2020 oregon state guy oregon state's real good first round pick by the white Sox in 2018 fourth overall born in 1997 um so wow yeah he was good last year and he is still doing that this year so nick madrigal casey mize can you edit this out thanks blowing our nose i didn't blow i was just gonna it's a bit cold in here okay you good i got the nasal drip bit of a nasal drip drip. nasal swag i'm I'm vaccinated though so it's not it's not something Nasal I had to get I had to get COVID tested yesterday because since we're going to New York, I don't know if every team's doing this, but the Yankees to go to a Yankees game, you have to have a negative PCR test 72 hours before the game or a rapid test within six hours of the game. Um, so I had to get tested yesterday. Still waiting for results. I think in Florida you have to prove that you have COVID to be able to go to the game. <laughs> just Florida. <laughs> Both just, just Florida. Yeah, the Yankees are they're running a tight ship over there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another guy you want to talk about was Casey Mize for mm. the Tigers. Yeah. His start on Saturday wasn't great, but his start on Monday was, was very great. Yeah. And they've been waiting for I remember him at, at Auburn. Um, I remember him coming out of the draft, relies on contact, and you know, he's not going to be a high strikeout guy, but uh, yeah, he had a great outing against Houston, seven innings, um, and a couple of hits, no runs, five punch outs, but then had a bit of a, an indifferent start against Oakland where I think he went five, five innings, gave up five runs. Um, but yeah, all part of rookie growing pains. But yeah, congrats to, for his good outing. But you just hope you have more good than bad towards the end of the year. But he's still developing, young guy, great, great story. Yeah, first overall uh, pick in 2018. So that's pretty quick, but... Three games a season, 338 ERA. Casey Mize, Auburn guy. Go Tigers. Okay, Monday was his first major league win. Got it. Made seven starts last year to a 699 ERA. So not great last year, but good this year so far. Did we talk about um, Mark Appel at all during our pods? No. You had me thinking about. Yeah, that's a wild story. The first round picks. Because he was 1-1 as well for the Astros. And I was actually been training with him in 2014. Absolutely one of the nicest men you're ever going to come across in the six weeks that I got to spend with him. Just a lovely, lovely human being. And, uh, yeah, took some time away from the game. And he's just come back. He's going to have another crack with the Phillies. um, Yeah, is he – where is he? Alternate site? I don't know. I think he's probably not at the ultimate site. I think he's probably just going to go to minor league spring. 
Um, he'd probably be in my league spring with him right now. I wouldn't think he'd be the alternate type because he's trying to figure it out and yeah. see, see what's there. You don't just make this decision, uh, roll out of bed and go, you know what, I'm going to try and pitch again. I'm, yeah. sure he's been, I'm sure he's been working out and getting himself ready. Uh, and the Phillies wouldn't have brought him in had he not proven that he's he's might be a chance to you know, maybe be in the big leagues one day. But I think that's just a... You know, so much pressure gets put on these kids now from such an early age, whether you're in baseball America from high school through college all the way through, you know, you see your naming lights and the expectations are there. And when someone doesn't hit the expectations, it's, it's considered a failure. But, you know, it's hard to pick what these guys are going to do when they're 18 to 23 years old and, yeah. and you know, try and, try and plan out what their future is going to look like. So more power to him for recognizing that he wasn't ready maybe to, to continue to try and make it, but took some time off and, and he's going to give it another try. So I'm, I'm very happy of, for uh, Phillies pitching was mm. so happy to see Aaron Nola with the complete game. Was it a shutty complete game shutout the other day? Yeah, that, let me tell you what, when I was at LSU, I mean, there were a lot of like, when I was at LSU, you have your Bregman, your Matok, your Jacoby Jones, your Gosman, your Austin Nola, your Aaron Nola. There were a lot of guys there. Aaron Nola is the same guy that, right. I mean, he, and he has had so much success, but he is the same guy that the country boy, Aaron Nola still lives in Baton Rouge in the off season. He's always just been so kind and so humble and he's just been so freaking good so i was yeah. so glad to see him i can't believe he hadn't done that yet but i'm so glad he did are the nola are the two nola guys related at all that they're brothers so well, they are brothers when i was at lsu so they are related yeah yeah they are <laughs> austin nola was the shortstop at lsu and when he graduated, I think Aaron was a freshman when Austin was a senior, because my first story I ever did in broadcasting school at LSU was on the Austin and Aaron Nola on the brothers, mm. probably still on my YouTube channel. Um, but Austin nice. was the shortstop at LSU and he was so good. So when he left, it was like, what is LSU going to do? How are you going to fill the shoes of losing Austin Nola? Enter Alex Bregman and... Know, yeah but with austin it was i mean he switched to catcher he was buried in i think the marlins organization for a long time finally got traded but he's been hurt Seattle. this season yeah um he's i think he hurt his finger or something but i mean i remember when he got called up that i mean it was so exciting and it's weird because austin had been up for so long and he was the younger brother and i i was just glad when austin got called up he was really really good at lsu not that that holds any weight but so, yes. doesn't hold excuse me they are brothers and i was very happy that he got called up when he did another lsu guy alex lang with the tigers made his debut last week he has a 270 era but he pitched wednesday thursday saturday um and he's young i mean he's been good out of the bullpen kelsey yeah they're all young okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was only born in 1995, but he debuted on the 10th um, and he has pitched in four games for the Tigers. How's the Tigers bullpen overall? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I, I don't really know. I, it's not, if I'm looking at MLB network or I'm watching my MLB app and I see a game that the Tigers are involved in, unless I kill Badu's I'm there having an at bat. I'm probably not going to put that game. Yeah. yeah. If I'm, I, just, I get that. 
Sorry, Calgary's fans. I don't have many guys. Uh, okay, Dane Dunning for the Rangers. Good. He was a first-round pick by the Nationals in 2016 out of Florida. Go Gators! Debuted in August of 2020. And he was the prospect, the prospect that the White Sox dealt to get Lance Lynn. Um, Is that right? Yes, sir. Great nugget, Kelsey. Thank you. Uh, six shutty on Saturday versus the Orioles. Uh, but still a good start. So far this year, in three starts, okay. he's thrown 15 innings, only given up 10 hits, 16 punch outs, and he's lowered his ERA to 0.6. 0.6. Six, not 3.6, yeah. 0.6. Pitching for a Rangers team that is not very good. Yeah, I mean, on, on Monday, he had four shutout innings. So this week, he had 10 shutout innings with oh. 10 Ks, two walks. Pitched in seven games in 2020 to a 3.97 ERA for the White Sox. Now with the Rangers in those beautiful pad baby blues. Sucks. Yes, sexual they are we'll see that those unis the powder blues and the kelly green for the a's those are like so good yeah drip drip sauce say drip 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 while we're on the ranges can we talk about odor having to shave his beard when he goes to the yankees (laughs) that picture did you see the side-by-side pictures of him i mean just like uh he was miserable and i understand it if i have to trim my beard i look like i'm not very handsome like I am now, obviously. <laughs> Matty Mass, has he been good with the Yankees? Has he done anything? Those are two different questions. He did hit a home run, which was in a big moment, his first or second game. But otherwise, he's stunk. <sighs> Matty Mass, I'm going to tell him that from the sweep yeah. tomorrow. Rude. Well, yeah, we're going to have mean, a sign. Is that tom- we're going to be at the game tomorrow. Wow. My first live baseball game in two I years. I know. It'll be my first time, yeah, being at a game, seeing the Braves. I got to get one of my mini bats. This I haven't been to 22 of the 30 stadiums, and Yankee Stadium is one of the eight I have not been to, and I collect these mini bats from the stadium. So remind me to do that. Yeah, excited to go to the game. Will Vest for the Mariners debuted on opening day, 12th round pick in 2017 by the Tigers out of a Southland school, which is a really small, beautiful conference that I covered out of college. He went to Stephen F. Austin. Up to Saturday, he had only one earned run in seven appearances this season. Nine and a third innings pitched. Good for you. I like the name Will Vest. It's very compact, concise. Will Vest. Strong. Two four-letter words? Yeah. Hmm. Eight eight total letters and nine with the space. Really good for signing your name. It's it's it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, in, it's in proportion. So, yeah, Will Vest for the Mariners. Jared Walsh for the Angels. This is a name that you might know because I think he, yeah, he debuted in 2019. This is a name I didn't know until you mentioned him, Kelsey. So thank you, for, thank you for letting me know about this guy. He's been this, good this season. He's been good. Let me tell you. He's a one-war player already. Wow. We're 12 games in, and he's a one-war player. For those wow. that are, know what war means, that's pretty impressive at this point. I don't know how many players are apt to one war already this year, probably Trout, Acuna, those sort of guys. But, yeah. I mean, on the season, he's hitting 341 with four tanks, 13 homers. He's got an OPS of 1133. And Joe Madden said he was his two-way 39th-round novelty pick. So he's a 39th-round pick, was a two-way guy, and now all of a sudden he's coming up and he's just – in the middle of their lineup, just raking. 
He went to Georgia. I don't think I knew that. But yeah, I mean, he's played almost every single day, if not every single day, for the Angels this season. He's made seven starts at first and six starts in right field. But yeah, like you said, 341, 13 RBI. Probably going to be the everyday first baseman when Pujols leaves. Yeah. Unless they go get someone else. But And I'm sure Albert is, you know, he's not exactly at peak performance right now, but he's, he's still hitting his tanks and getting hit. So throw him in a DH role and um, let... Jared play first base, but it's kind of like the Jim Tomei, Ryan Howard situation back in the day when Ryan Howard was stuck in AAA while Jim Tomei was still mm -hmm. still getting it done at a pretty good level. So yeah, so Jared age. Walsh, kind of undercover name. The Angels are, you know, when you think of the Angels, you think of Trout and Otani, but and yeah. Rendon, who I think is hurt. Um, Justin but, Upton, He's yeah, got some, got some names, got some dudes. Jared Walsh doing the dang thing over there. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, short king for the Blue Jays, got his first hit of the season, and it was a two-run bomb. Who was that against, Matty Ness? I don't know. The clue bot and the Yankees. The Yankees. He is hitting 160 on the season, but we talk about him because Blue Jays fans love him, and he is a short king. I think, gosh, I don't have the his stuff up but i think he was like five eight two is there any way he'd be five eight two sixty five am i making that up two sixty five for five eight i don't that's know a lot. that's yeah, like I mean, that's like the tortuga the, the turtle guy from minnesota <laughs> tortuga. he's he got the pitch you see him pitch the other day no oh speaking, yes speaking yes 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 threw a pitch at 48 miles an hour whatever it was good for him. <laughs> just watched it in um so short king picked up his first hit of the season home run hitting 160 uh blue jays fans love him showing a little too much shoulder bobby dahlbeck but i can't say it say it Matty mass bobby dahlbeck bobby dahlbeck bobby dahlbeck uh you think he's from southie for the red Sox. he had a pretty good week um that's a guy you heard a lot about going into the season yeah you said he had three hits in the doubleheader the other day. He yeah, did. I see that. Yeah, and he's a good-looking unit. He's going to be in the hot boys list eventually. Team USA representative played against him in the Premier 12 Olympic qualifiers. You uh, played met, against him? Yeah, met him, uh, exchanged Instagram messages back and forward. So Friend of the pod. Basically best friends, yeah. Friend um, of the pod, Bobby Dahlbeck. He hasn't got the power numbers that we, Boston's been expecting. But spring training went off. Uh, the power's there. Uh, it's just a matter of time before he he busts out and, and has a big week slash month. And, and he's probably, I mean, they're first place too. So Yeah. I want him to hit a home run so he can do the home run cart that they've been doing because I'm thoroughly <laughs> enjoying that. The Red Sox are fun right now. Who who to thunk? They're fun. Not, not me. Can just, just, yes, they are fun. Ooh. But Ooh. if, if, if the Yankees were playing anywhere close to where they should be playing, then this this division might be over already. Like it's the fact that they've only got five wins on the season and 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 not hitting and I mean they lost Cole start the other day, so it's like as a Yankees fan, I'm not sure if this is the mentality, but no matter how bad the week is, once you get to Garrett Cole, you're like, okay, well, yeah. we've got Garrett Cole starting, so this will be fine. You lose his start, and then all of a sudden it's like we've got to wait another four days before Cole's out there again. Yankees like, fans, I mean, when they threw the balls onto the field, that was 
uh, shameful. That how that does was... that get organized? Is what I want to know. Like, yeah, that... I mean, and John Boy, John tweeted that out. He was right. like, "How did all of these people have balls? Like, where yeah. was this an organized ball throwing thing?" Right. Um, but man, I just feel like for players in that dugout, I guess like you know, I have a different perspective since I was literally like in the dugout with you guys. I was in the clubhouse with you guys and I get so frustrated when fans get like that because I can promise you especially like I mean I think I'm I'm thinking of AJ Minter um who would have a tough outing and he would just be sitting at his locker waiting for us to he owned it every single time never made excuses owned it but what I feel like fans don't realize is these players when when they have a bad outing when they have a bad start when they have a bad game they're harder on their self than anybody else. Like mm. they don't, they don't need you to be, I don't know. I just, the whole Yankees ball. I just thought that was, I just felt bad for the Yankees. They don't want to lose. They're not no. trying to lose. No. You know, right. I mean, I know that, I know that fans are disgusted with how they're playing, but so are they, they're disgusted with how they're playing too. I don't and know. what, what are you going to achieve? Maybe it makes yourself feel better that you get to throw a ball out on the field, but I mean, it's going to make no difference to the player's life whatsoever, whether you think that that's going to affect him or not. Like yeah. you said it, we know that, that, that we're not playing well. We know that we've had a few bad outings in a row when we are our worst critics. Yeah. We don't need anybody else letting us know how bad we are, and especially in that form. Remember yeah. the playoff game and the guy called the infield fly and the, against the, the Braves in the wildcard game and, and all the Braves fans threw the bottles on the field. Like, that was disgusting. Yeah. We, like, we understand. It's frustrating. The call was wrong. We get it. But by doing that, you're just harming, potentially harming the players. Yeah. And you go back to the days when, when you know, people used to throw car batteries, not car batteries, that's kind of hard from the field, but they'd throw little batteries at, at John Rocker Granted, John Rocker probably deserved half of what he got, but you're throwing a, a projectile out onto the field and potentially harming someone. That's that's when you go too far. Like, voice yeah. your opinion as much as you want. Yell at me on Twitter. Yell at me on Instagram. Tell me I suck. Whatever. But once you start phys getting physical, that's when you got to draw the line. I think. I don't even like that. I mean, I, there's been I have like said things to fans in the stands numerous occasions. Um, oh yeah, I mean there was. Remember at Nationals Park, there was a there was a fan making fun of um, making fun of Adam Duvall for he was like, "What do you have in your back?" Like making fun of that he had his insulin thing in his back pocket because he has type one diabetes, and they were like making fun of him for having something in his pocket. And I literally turn around and I'm like, "Do you know what that is? Do you know why he has that?" Or fan making fun of Freddie Freeman for wearing the sleeves. Do you know why Freddie Freeman wears those sleeves? Like I don't know. I I would get into it with fans, but I need to not probably do that. Anyway. I wouldn't do that in Philly, by the way. No, I'm scared of Philly. Scared of Philly yeah. and scared of Chicago. Okay, National League, Justin Steele, speaking of Chicago for the Cubs, made his debut on Monday. Scoreless outing Monday, scoreless outing Wednesday, scoreless outing on Friday. He was drafted in 2014, so it took him a while. Did he pitch? Yeah, he pitched in this series. Did you see him on Friday? Do you remember him? I don't remember him. That's crazy. Well, but Maybe he didn't do anything notable. He made his debut, which was cool. Congratulations to him. Okay. It's another one on the list. Three appearances, three clean innings. Good way to start your career. Congratulations. Dylan Carlson, we've talked a lot about for the Cardinals. He had a pretty good week. He had a great double play on Tuesday uh, in center field, throwing Scherzer, I mean, not Scherzer, Schwarber out at the plate. He went also went three for four in that game. But he had two multi-hit games this week. 
He's, I mean, he, and he's the guy that you said last week is in the talk for when you think of NL Rookie of the Year. If you look up those lists, Dylan Carlson was there. You got anything on him, Pete? Just sweet swing, a lot of pop, a lot of pop. Yeah, and for a guy that struggled early on, he's only he's only batting two fifty five. But I mean, three home runs and twelve hits in forty seven at bats. Keep playing. I told, I mentioned he looked like Jim Edmonds out in center field the other day. So yeah. Um, but there's going to be some competition for that rookie of the year this year, girls. Yeah, huh. it'll be it'll be fun. Staying with the Cardinals, Justin Williams, first career home run on Friday versus the Phillies. It was a two-run bomb. Oppo. Yep. Oppo you said something about tank. a swing. He, yes. Because he's not hitting that well. He's hitting 194. But I feel like he's, it's, I feel like he's getting like one hit a game. So he's like, he's just not getting those multi-hit games. But like he's consistently hitting the first thing i thought about when i saw his swing and i've only seen a couple granted but i thought paul o'neill straight away he looked like paul mm-hmm. o'neill when he was swinging i just like to throw comps out there so people get an idea no, of what we I'm love thinking. Comps. big Thank comp you. pod dodgers keep pushing people out there luke rayleigh no clue where he came from i mean he debuted on april 9th he was a seventh round draft pick in 2016 by the dodgers but on friday he <laughs> versus the Padres had his first big league home run tied the game up talk about coming through in a big spot and it was so I mean the video of him rounding the bases and he was just smiling and then he gets to the dugout and looks at Doc and is just so pumped and what a big spot for your first home run really cool for Luke Rayleigh but not I mean I I guess he is up because of injuries Yeah. yeah but yeah debuted on April 9th and he has come through in one of the biggest spots that you can come through um, hitting 267 on the season so far. Ryan Weathers for the Padres started that game on Friday. First career start. You like him? I do like him. Yep. Again, big series, three innings, one hit, no runs versus the Dodgers. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if he, when they get their full rotation back with Clevenger and all the rest of it, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Is Clevenger out the whole year? I would think so. That yeah. sucks. I know. It does. Hate that. That's yeah, well, uh, Weathers has made four appearances this season, 093 ERA. Guys are only hitting 100 against him. Yeah, and his first start was, was very, very good. good. Well done. Pretty good. Ryan Again, Weathers. not a big punch-out guy, but he's going he's gonna to make you put the ball in play, which is what everybody wants to see these days. Yeah. Hey, I love that D work behind you. Uh, speaking of D, D-backs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Taylor Widener for the Diamondbacks. He cracked 2021 in the rotation. Um, he pitched in 12 games in 2020, but none of them were starts. Pitched to a 4.50 ERA. But Friday, six shutty versus the Nationals. Ooh. That's a good lineup. 14 innings on the year, three in runs. That's pretty dang good. Yeah. For someone you've never heard of. Six scoreless on April 4th. So all three of those runs came in his April 9th start. So three starts, two scoreless starts. One start, he gave up three runs. Um, take that. Yeah. So good for Taylor Widener. Good for him. Cracking the rotation. Happy for you. Nick Keith, another Southland guy. Southland, when I keep putting emphasis on Southland because it's a small conference. It's an FCS conference. And Nick Keith went to Northwestern State, which was a school that I covered a lot. I think I actually covered him specifically because he was drafted in 2016 by the Royals out of Northwestern State. But in his debut on Sunday, went three for four, Peter. Well done. 
Love that for him in a debut. He was DFA'd by the Royals on April 14th. Hate that for him. But then he was traded to Arizona in April and then debuted and went three for four. Good, good impression. Well done. Congratulations. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Is he a friend of the pod? He's interacted a little last night after going three for four on Twitter. Love that. Connor Brogdon for the Phillies. Six Ooh. straight scoreless outings to start the season. Keeps doing it. Wow. He just keeps he just keeps doing it. Yeah. Pretty I mean it's pretty good stuff too. It's not again, not just the guy that comes in. He's thrown in a couple of mop out games, but he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a piece in that bullpen. A much improved Phillies bullpen, by the way. Which yeah, is I'd say. Scary for the NL East, which again, the NL East is no one's really running away with it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's, it's the Phillies, Mets, Nationals, and everyone. It's going to be a five-horse race, which I didn't think it was going to be. I didn't get the Phillies as much credit as I probably should have. The Mets are always going to pitch, but the Mets are going to always Mets. So I'm yeah. Metsy as there. it gets, yes, they say. Yeah. But yeah, the Marlins. The Marlins are hanging in there. They're exciting, fun, having a good time. Um, yeah. And the Braves are riddled with injuries. And it's going to be 162 grind. That race is so close right now. I mean, not that it's a race right now, but... It's always a race. And at least is interesting. Always a race. So anything else that you want to talk about? We got the Mookie walk-off catch. Oh, Jay Bruce. The new rules. New rules oh, and Jay okay. Bruce. Yeah. Jay Bruce retires. I mean, I like to tell a story about everyone that we talk about. And so this is about as good as my stories get. We had an off day in Cincinnati and I went to the movies with Brian McCann and Jay Bruce was there, and Brian McCann and Jay Bruce said hello to each other. Do they hate each other? No, that's the end of the story. That's just oh, the end. That's my Jay Bruce story. Got it. They can't all be Emmy. I know. Like, we'll take it. Okay. We'll take any interaction. So I, I went to the movies. Technically, I went to the movies with Jay Bruce, is the story. Yeah, exactly. Even though we were not sitting together, and he was with his girlfriend at the time, slash wife, I don't know. It was that's a exactly long time ago. It. Yeah, he retired so, in the like middle of a series and just. But understandable. This game's got to be fun, and yeah. when you've been playing for as long as he had, and he said it himself. I set a standard for myself. I cannot get there. I don't seem to be playing the way that I want to be playing, and it's frustrating me, and it's probably frustrating for the Yankees. Let me just make a clean break, and we can both go our separate ways. And I think that was the best thing for both of them, and, and I'm happy that he was able to do that rather than, you know, who knows where your mental state goes if you're trying to grind through a shitty season for yeah. six months and then all of a sudden at the end of it you're like man i hate baseball i don't want to have anything to do with baseball ever again this way he gets to keep the love of the game and, and gets out on a kind of high note did he get a pinch hit yesterday i didn't i didn't see it. No. no so he just just tipped the cap and walked off yeah i think they had a montage for him at uh where where are they playing maddie mass they were at the stadium i think i think the yankees had a little montage for him. And I saw a video where he tipped his cap to the fans. Um, Matty wanted to know when they were going to put him in money in the park, which is, I thought that was pretty good. Well, good, uh, good career for Jay Bruce, right? We great like career. Let's go to the rules. Okay. Atlantic yeah. League. Matty yeah. Mass? Yeah, so let's run the Atlantic League. They're kind of putting some new rules in place. We'll just run through them and we'll see what our thoughts are here. So kind of the big one that's really the headline and people have a lot of opinions on Twitter is that the the mound, or I should say the rubber, is getting pushed back 12 inches. I guess the goal would be more balls in play. 
but right. open to thoughts. I read somewhere that that move would make a 93 mile an hour fastball look like a 91 mile an hour mm -hmm. fastball. Gives them more time. So I think it's just trying to increase action. But I've also read, and I don't know the reasoning behind it, I should probably read a little bit more, that it would be more of an advantage to the pitchers. Like Trevor Bauer and that crew have sort of come out and said it's not going to be any better for the hitters because I, I guess because there's more chance for the ball to move when it's a foot back as well. So those nasty breaking pitches will be even nastier because they've got another foot of movement to, to dart whichever way they're going to, I'm not sure. And I'm glad they have the Atlantic League to be able to try these things out. I just hope that it doesn't become like, oh, we tried for six months, it kind of worked and then we'll, we'll throw it in. But you've got to remember they did lower the mound 30, 40 years ago. So it's not the first time they've made a change to the mound. Yeah, I mean, just like as a as a spectator, that has no it has no effect on me, you know. But I mean, it just seems like they're trying to give the hitters more of a chance because the pitchers are throwing ninety eight one hundred miles per hour. Yeah, yeah. The the rule that I really like, Maddie Mass, is the the other Atlantic League rule. Yeah, the other one is the double hook DH, which means that the DH is only in play while the starting pitcher is pitching. Mm. Once a reliever comes in, you can no longer use a DH. The reliever would have to, would have to hit. Peter, like your reaction wasn't, oh, you like it. Okay. I like it for two reasons. I like it because one, it incentivizes managers to leave starting pitches in longer. Mm -hmm. And two, it also, encourage it means that you're not going to see a lot of pitches hitting great don't want that and it also means that those bench players in the american league are going to get more playing time so one of the big things that i remember talking to nick markakis about was when because he spent a lot of those times in the orioles and he watched he watched bench players go 20 something days without even seeing the field because you, there's no real need for a pinch hitter yeah um so i think that it, that encourages that it you know, the 25th, 26th guy on your roster is just as important, but well, obviously not just as important, but can be as important as the top 10 guys. So I think it, it means that your roster has got to be deeper. I think it means you've got to have a guy to be your DH and you've got to have, you get the pitches out of the base path, which is no one wants to see pitches hit anymore. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm all in on the, on the double hook roll. I, I've always kind of been in the camp just being an NL girl or, that's what I would watch. I enjoyed the, I know people hate this, but I did enjoy the strategy of it, of a pitcher has thrown seven shutout into one to nothing game or whatever, a scoreless game. Any spots coming leave up? Them in. Um, but I like, I really like this. I really like the double hook. Um, right, but how, but how frustrating is it when, you've got a runner on second base and one out or two out and it's like the pitcher spot come up. It's, it's like, okay, well, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting when a guy gets a hit one in every 77 at bats, but as a baseball fan, the inning's over. Like, yeah. And if, if there's a base open, you just walk the eight hole and I get to the nine hole guy. It's like, it's not, that's not fun. Yeah. The fun is seeing these guys perform doing what they're, they're paid to do, which is as a pitcher, you get paid to pitch and as a hitter, you get paid to hit. And I'm Yeah. And I get that. And I, I know there have been like injuries that have happened to pitchers and that sucks. So yeah. 
I am all for this rule. I think it's great. Um, and Maddie Mass, the Atlantic League, there's also been, I think there's other rules that they've experimented with that are kind of climbing their way up minor leagues and in major yeah. leagues. Yeah, so some of these have made it to the major leagues. Uh, I'll run through these and then we can kind of give opinions on all of them. Okay. Um, but one that's already made it to the majors is the three batter minimum. A reliever, <laughs> a reliever either has to face three batters or finish an inning in order to come out. A rule that's currently in the minors, as are the rest of these at this point. Um, we have restrictions on defensive positioning. Uh, the current rule states that there has to be four infielders, uh, not necessarily two on each side of second. At this point, it's you can't play four outfielders. Other things we're looking at are 18-inch bases rather than 15-inch bases. And then last but not least, which is a hot topic, as always, is an automatic ball strike. Ooh, robo bumps. So... Three batter minimum from a, from a fan's perspective, the last couple of innings of a game can be like the last minute of an NBA game, you know, or a, a basketball game. It just drags. And that's the only reason that as a fan, I think that makes sense, but it doesn't I don't know. Sense. It hurts guys like you, I guess, you know, it hasn't shortened the games at all. All it's done is make teams have cookie cutter relievers out there that do the same thing. Like you can go multiple innings and get multiple guys out. Great. So yeah. failed starters. Everybody's going to have three or four pitches. Uh, like I, there's no more Jerry Blevins, Peter Moylan. But yeah, I just three better minimums. Just I wouldn't have had a career, so I can't be a fan of that. And it doesn't do anything. It doesn't slow anything up. It just it just means that they're trying to do something, and it, it, it's it's I don't think it's worked. Defensive positioning. I like this. Yeah, I do too. I'm kind of over shifting and it just being able to take away hits i want to see guys make great yeah. plays like i love good defense so i i don't like that that takes it away so we're on yeah. the same page with that one don't Agreed. understand the bases i don't understand why i mean the bases i think it's not it's just to try and encourage more stolen bases because it's going to be a shorter length because there's so many bang bang plays and i think if they can give the runner a couple of inch advantage then maybe they're going to be more stolen bases but again i think there needs to be a whole a whole like guys have got to get on base in order to be able to steal. So there needs to be something that allows the game to be a little bit easier for, for hitters um, moving forward because pitches are, can be, especially the good ones, um, can be dominant. But we saw someone like Garrett Cole struggle yesterday, so it's not an exact science. As a pitcher, do you like the automatic ball strike system? I don't know how it's going to be um, measured, whether it's going to be the front of the plate, the back of the plate, whether there's going to be consistent uh, strike zone or whether it's going to be a moving strike zone based on how high you are, based on uh, how, how high you are, how, <laughs> how high, you know, how tall you are, how tall you are is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, uh, but I feel like, especially if they move the mound back and then go automatic strike zone, then guys will figure a way to just manipulate the front corner of the strike zone. And, and so that it, when the catcher eventually catches it, it may be a curveball that bounced or a slider that, that looks like it's three feet off the plate, but somehow clipped the front edge of the plate and is considered a strike. So as a hitter who has grown up with the strike zone relatively known for your whole career, mm -hmm. you would never offer at a pitch like that 
but now all of a sudden that's a strike. So it's going to be the initial adjustment period for hitters. Uh, and I just hope that, that, that with everything that is moving towards the technology these days, that there's not a way that pitchers can manipulate that strike zone. Well, they're going to have the, I think, I think the Atlantic league has a home plate umpire and then this thing assists them. So yeah. Okay. But it's balls and strikes are all come from machine. It's not, they're just there basically as a, as a mannequin to make this like just everything comes from the earpiece. Yeah. Well, those were the, those are the rule changes, the rule things that they have going on the Atlantic league that partners um, with major league baseball. I did read an article that Theo Epstein said, obviously these are things that they would, they are testing out for MLB, but obviously any of these changes would go through the minor leagues as the examples that we said are before they get up there. So, um, and I think the rubber being pushed back is only happening in the second half of the season. I think the yeah. double hook roll is all season. So it'll be interesting to follow those. Um, wrapping up and they talk about our prospects, the, the key injuries that we're keeping an eye on, Julian Mer Merriweather for the Blue Jays, who is mm -hmm. crushing it as a closer for the Blue Jays. Key Brian Hayes still hasn't been activated. He was eligible to come off a, almost a half a week ago. He still hasn't come off, but you said that he's seen uh, some live pitching. Live pitching. I'm not sure if that's just live BP or whether it's BP off a coach, but he has been taking swings from a live arm. Yeah, so, there's not rushing him. But Philip yeah. Evans, who we talked about last week, has cooled off this week. Kyle Garlic, minced garlic, powdered garlic, bulbed garlic, got COVID, man. And then we talked about Soroka, Freed, Pache. Mm. So Kyle Lewis is coming back. Oh, I don't know That's if he's good. a prospect anymore. I guess not. Rookie. I think he's year. considered to be a prospect. But he's coming back tonight or tomorrow, according to the Mariners. Well That's done, Mass. Way to go, Matty Mass. Anybody else we want to touch on? JB Bukaskis, the mm. D-backs, recalled. Uh, had a massive spring for them. 14 punch out and seven, seven innings in spring training. Uh, Camilla Duval made his uh, MLB debut for San Francisco. Two Ks over a one, two, three frame. Mm -hmm. Adolis Garcia with the Rangers first home run uh, Oppo He's not to Oppo be like confused it's... with Braves great Adonis Garcia correct correct Trevor Rogers uh, seven more punch outs in five innings against the Bravos 23 punch outs in 15 innings this year well done uh, Ronnie Dawson first big league hit with the Astros and Jose Rojas with the Angels got his first hit this week too very good Peter with the list mm. very good everybody that's a lot of names again. Okay, we'll see you later, Pita. Um, so, like we said, Peter and I are, Peter's gone. Peter and I are flying to New York tomorrow when this episode is out Wednesday morning. We'll be there. We'll be at John Boy HQ. We'll be chilling with Jimmy and Jake and Maddie Mass. What are you holding? Oh, this, funny you should mention that. Um, <laughs> This is my 2016 Royal September Pitcher of the Month Award. I this is the this is the only award that I ever won <laughs> in the history of my Major League Baseball career. So thank you for mentioning that, Kelsey. I don't know why you brought that up. Thanks. Pitcher of the Month, Peter Moylan, Melbourne Aces manager, Peter Moylan. My Cy Youngs and, and all the MVPs are in and the, the room. It's still in the mail. Okay. Yeah. No, in yeah, 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 yeah. It's in my actual trophy room. You know, the 
Yeah, the one with all of the awards. This is just the one that you thought looked best with the bobbleheads. Correct. The um, one that you yeah. literally can't see when it's on my thing. That's, yeah, uh, it, that's yeah. humble of you. Crystal. Yeah. If, and if, humble that you chose the clear one that we if, that we can't see. And if this pod fails and I'm no longer making a wage, then I can maybe melt the crystal down and make it into a vase. Yeah. Oh, you could <laughs> do some damage with that. It looks pretty sharp at the top. I mean, why would you have to go dark? Sorry. This is my award, Kelsey. I would never do anything to risk losing that. Losing, losing the this. September picture of the month. Yeah. September 2016 Royals picture of the month. So proud of you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be in New York tomorrow and you'll see us all over, uh, hopefully. We're going live. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're going live. Watch party. Uh yes. Wednesday night, the night that this episode releases. Yes. Love that. How fun is that? So that's, that's, to, what are you looking at, Peter? I was my baseball cards. This is my baseball card pre-teeth. Look at that. <laughs> no, I didn't have surgery. What are you talking about? Oh, that doesn't even look like you. I know. What a young kid. Young, young kid. Young kid, just like our prospects. Just like him. Look at me. Dripping. I'm dripping with drip. Drip. Sauce King, Drip King, Peter Moyland. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on all of these guys. Uh, lots of young guys making impacts this season. So exciting. Um, thank you guys for listening. We hope we see you a lot this week when we're up there at the HQ. Super mm. excited for a trip. Peter and I are on the same flight. We are. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. We're going to have even more fun in New York. Taking on the Bronx. Pete and Kels take the Bronx. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Lots well of done. lots of work this week. Congratulations to our manager, Peter Moylan. Happy for you, my friend. You. Do Thank not you. leave us. I won't. All righty. That'll wrap up today's episode. We will see you guys all week while we're in New York. Our episodes release every Wednesday. Thank you so much. Poop.